0: Open up your mind, find that spark inside Time to focus, realize, good things take their time Suddenly a glimmer of a light shines bright Possessing me with all of which I... Un-
1: Yo, what's going on guys? Welcome back to the CW Clinic, episode number 36 I've got a special guest in the house today, which I'm going to hold off momentarily to introduce. I want to talk about something that's real important to me and fresh. Um, as business owners, we have to deal with shit that, generally speaking, breaks most people just thinking about and they hide from because of fear. And It's not all sunshine and daydreams. I've talked about this before. There's always that moment in the day, and I call it the entrepreneurial punch to the face. Fuck your feelings. Here's a punch to the face. I want to talk about something real quick. I'm going to tell you how to not quit a fucking job, okay? First things first, two weeks is a fuck you to your employer, okay? That's a fuck you. That's bare minimum. I got seasoned school. I don't even care about the fucking opportunity you gave me. Here's my two weeks. How you actually quit a job, if you have any of like core values that most people should have, like respect, is you approach someone and explain to them what's going on and maybe see what works for both sides of the relationship. Generally speaking, 30 days, you can at least allow your boss or employer to find a replacement for you because the world doesn't fucking revolve around you. The world revolves around no one and relationships are a two-way street. I had to get that off my chest. Let it resonate. But we are going to talk about some good shit today. And (laughs) If you listen to this podcast, if this this is your first episode, I assure you I can be rough around the edges and vulgar, but I do actually know a few things. And my mission to this podcast is to teach you by my mistakes, right? It's taken me 11 years to get to where I am, save some time, learn from my mistakes, Okay. There's no sunshine. There's no daydreams. There's no Care Bears. There's no fucking rainbows in this motherfucker. I tell it how it is. If you don't like it, don't listen. If you want to listen, you'll learn something. And I appreciate everybody that does listen. So today, I have the opportunity and honor to have a friend of mine that I met in school about three and a half, maybe four years ago, give or take, uh, in, my, uh, in my graduate program, in my MBA program, I was the, the lone entrepreneur, or so I thought, and the lone fitness guy, or so I thought. And I believe it was the director of the MBA program, who I still keep in touch with, Dr. Albright me aside and he's like hey chris listen there's another fitness guy in this program and he wants to own a gym just like you i'm gonna put you in the same group together and you guys are gonna work together and do your final project virtually i was like oh cool <laughs> and he introduced me to my friend matt now before i introduce matt matt can you say your last name Costings, Costines. so here i have matt Costeens, with me and matt uh, and i met like i said about four years ago we both graduated from university of new haven with an mba and we both own gyms we've recently reconnected in person at a industry seminar and i thought to myself how cool it'd be to have you on the show so i appreciate you being here first and foremost thank you for your time i know you're busy you run the show by yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, without further ado, Matt, say hello. Hi, guys. <laughs>
0: right uh, back at you, too. I mean, I know you're extremely, extremely busy yourself, so I just want to thank you for having me on the show, and you know, I'm very grateful to be here. So
1: I'll basically uh, – my 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 purpose to this episode is to interview Matt, and you've all heard my journey before. I I really want to put on display his journey, and – we all have our journeys that are unique to us and we could all learn from each other. No matter where you are in life, there's always something to be learned. Um, It doesn't matter how much money you make or how many businesses you have or what you do in life. You can learn from anyone. You can learn from the bum on the side of the street if you have an open mind and you can sift through bullshit. But Matt, um, you know... I really just want to know who you are. Tell me about yourself. Okay.
0: Well, I grew up in Shelton, which is pretty awesome to be back in, in the valley, driving up here from Westport and being on Route 8 and just being back in, like, in Sonia Derby, Shelton, this whole, you know, Seymour area. I haven't been here in, I don't know, probably in a couple of years, so it's kind of cool just being back in the valley. Um But I grew up in Shelton. Uh, Most people don't know. I don't even know if if you even know as well, but I I grew up with a... Well, I still have a hearing impairment. So I was born with a hearing impairment in both ears. Huh? (laughs) I say that a lot. (laughs) Yeah, me too. If if I don't understand what a client says, or I don't know, whatever. But if some people say, I always say, what, huh? Or just like, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, So about 20 to 25% in both ears. My parents didn't realize that until I was like, probably about three years old. I was always like crying and they finally brought me to the doctor, got checked out and born with a mild to moderate hearing loss in both ears. And don't know really where it came from. There's no history of it in the family. It's just how it was. Um, so my parents just got me into sports. But actually the doctor at that early age when they found out I, I had a hearing impairment, uh, the doctor said that I would never be able to have, like, a hand-eye coordination, uh, dribbling, a, like, a basketball, all that kind of stuff, like soccer. It's just pretty much out of the question. I know my parents were kind of just like, F you, you know? It's just give it a shot and, and see. So they got me enrolled in soccer, basketball. And I, I did really well, and I really enjoyed it, and I excelled in it. So and, you're always an athlete. Yeah, 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 pretty much from from an early age. And then I went on to play uh, high school football at Shelton, uh I was a running you were, back. If
1: I if I don't mean to interrupt you, you were a stud.
0: Yeah. <laughs> captain Like newspaper, headline yeah, yeah. front page of the Connecticut Post. Yeah, yeah. At, at one time, like the leading rusher, a couple weeks in. Oh, all right. Um <laughs> captain of my track team. So I did I did track and field, which I loved. The shot put, uh short distance, medium distance. They were training me for decathlon for a little bit. Um, I was just kind of too heavy for the uh, pole vault, and I wasn't the captain of the football team, but running back, and went on to play college football um, at Southern Connecticut State University for a couple years, and then from there, once I stopped playing football, that's when I started getting into into personal training, Mm -hmm. but really the whole hearing impairment at a young age just kind of helped me it turned like my disability into an ability and it really helped me harness and focus on like the task at hand. And I think really that's like where a lot of my work ethic comes from, the ability to really focus in on one thing and, and you know be committed and persevere and, and, and really kind of grind it out. I don't know if it's true, but it probably is. Like once one of your senses you know go down, the other senses heighten. And I just use that like sense of uh, being able to focus really on one thing and that really uh, excelled me
1: um, I don't I don't want to interrupt you but I, I agree um, I lost a majority of my hearing in Iraq oh wow. yeah and I can see like a motherfucker now yeah I can smell really well too <laughs> yeah I also believe I have a sixth eye which is mm-hmm. t- too deep to mm-hmm. get into but the point is um, like a sixth sense where I could see certain things visually um, and um, what I'm getting at is, I agree with you, and I really want to just piggyback off something you said, a guy like you that grew up, uh, is it technically called disabled? Yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm d- disabled as well uh, wow. almost hundred percent Wow through injuries received in combat. And uh, what I'm getting at is you have we're li- you guys, the audience are listening to, are listening to two very successful people that have been able to take our disabilities literally turn them around into our strong points every single person on the face of this earth can be a victim to circumstances
0: mm-hmm.
1: how easy would it for me to be to say i'm a disabled veteran pity me mm-hmm. how easy would it be for you to say i'm hearing impaired pity me and i'm going to use some words that might piss people off But it's very common, I've been in a car accident, I've been molested, I've been raped. I'm not downplaying anything. I almost died on the battlefield. I'm not downplaying anything, all right? But if you use the victim mentality, you will get nowhere. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that I was using my baggage from the army, from war, as a really low-key victim mentality. Because I always held on to it, thinking that it would hold me back because I couldn't hear it. Or my mind from the traumatic brain injuries, again, you know, my brain bouncing off my skull from bombs in the road, getting blown the fuck up. Right? Wow. I, I was hanging on to it, thinking that something's not right. And I'm not 100%. You know. Mm-hmm. And the point is, the, the sooner you realize that being the victim is keeping you in the same place that you're in, the sooner you'll progress. Tell me I'm wrong.
0: Oh, you're right. <laughs> and it you're takes, it takes
1: yeah. a serious motherfucker to look in the mirror and be like, I'm not perfect. Yeah. I am going to do the best I fucking can, and I'm not going to be a victim. And, yeah. it's, and it's hard. Yeah. And it's really hard. And there's sleepless nights, and you're judged, and you're made fun of, and who fucking cares? Yeah. And I didn't want to steal the thunder. Yeah. I appreciate you being transparent and saying that to the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, victim mentality is a plague. Yeah. You fucking get off your 100%. ass and do the fucking work is what yeah. it comes down to. Yeah. No matter what's happened, go do it. Nothing's stopping you. Every day you wake up, you're alive. It's a blessing. Go fucking do something.
0: Yeah.
1: Back to – I'm yeah. fi- guys, I'm fucking fired up today. So uh, it is what it is. <laughs> but – um You know, I really want to focus on Matt, and you know, I didn't want to interrupt you. Was there anything else you wanted to say about who you are? Clearly, you're a stud athlete. You're a football player. You're in phenomenal shape. I mean, what do you live at? Like ten percent body fat? Yeah, yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, Uh, yeah. And you, yeah, are are you you sub ten percent? I'm, I, I usually stay around sub-10%. You're, yeah, you're, you're a sexy bastard. I, I remember those <laughs> Sometimes <times. laughs> it's not by choice. Sometimes I just work too much and I barely eat. So. Can't eat because you're helping everybody else? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> um, so, so, if it's similar to me, your background is athletic. Yeah. You know, one of the main reasons why I'm in the fitness industry is because when I was younger, you know, I, was, I really wanted to be in shape. And, you know, here I am able to help others get in shape now, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm connecting the dots that it's very similar to you. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you can tell us your perspective on when you met me in our MBA program and, you know, and then we'll talk about your gym because we have similar journeys, mm-hmm. just different upbringing, different scenarios.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So when we met in 2015 or 16 or somewhere along Mm -hmm. those lines, um, how did that look to you?
0: When, When we were at University of New Haven? Yeah, yeah, when they put us together. At that time, and it wasn't for a while, that even though for my undergrad, my final business presentation was also my my business presentation to an investors to pitch my gym, Mm -hmm. which that presentation was Fairfield County. It was kind of like an LA fitness type model, Um, you know, general membership shakes, all that kind of stuff. Um, So it was, it was pretty close to what I'm doing now, you know, more one-on-one personal training now, Um, but still even, even though I had been training for two years prior to that final presentation at Southern, I still wasn't fully convinced that that was gonna be a career for me. It took me a long time. I just kind of used that. I played football in two years um, at school. And in the last two years, I, be, I became a personal trainer, but it was just kind of more for fun. And it was just kind of just the pay the bills. And I just enjoyed working out myself. And I was like, I'll make a couple bucks training other people. But even when I met you at University of New Haven, I didn't really know that this would turn into a career. I just figured going to grad school was like, you know, getting your MBA, you're, you're gonna work at Wall Street, you're gonna have an accounting job. Oh, I didn't You're just know gonna this. be like in the financial industry. And I figured everybody else that was in class was on that track as well too. And it was really awesome to hear that, not only like an entrepreneur, but also like a fitness entrepreneur. I mean, we had so much in common at that time. I mean, we still do. And. I know you started personal training about the same time I started personal training as well, too. It's yeah, about nine years ago. Yeah, about,
1: about 20, 20,
0: 2009, 2008,
1: 2009. Okay, give yeah. It, give or take six months. You know, okay, yeah. Somewhere along those lines.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you probably started a little bit before me, but we got into, like, the personal training industry mm-hmm. together. And, yeah, it's just really cool just working on on your project as well too. I was able to learn a lot on mine as well, but just kinda of working on yours at University of New Haven and seeing it all this is my first time at your gym, seeing it all come together. So, so I I was awesome, in the, I was
1: in the process of buying this gym.
0: Yeah. While while in our our group. You were very stressed out. <laughs> you're literally in the process because <laughs> yeah. there's only not only the first class but then even the second class that we took together uh can't remember if it was a statistics class or an accounting class some financial class you're had signed a lease like you you had everything like in ready to go while running my startup company yeah
1: and in school and yeah. buying my second company yeah yeah Yeah. it was it it was a fucking (laughs) dude it was a it was an interesting situation to say the least crazy yeah but um yeah yeah uh so i i think you mentioned to me that you didn't look like i was sleeping very much
0: yes i think (laughs) you told me numerous times that you only had like two three hours (laughs) you're up all night just (laughs) getting stuff together and money and game plan and it's uh yeah that's that's commendable, man. That's that's insane.
1: Yeah. So I closed on the gym uh, November twenty third, two thousand sixteen. Okay. I was still in our MBA program, and I actually had to miss the graduation. Wow. B- because I had recently taken over the gym, and s- several months later, I found my MBA on my doorsteps. Wow. On the ground. Oh wow. Mailed to me. <laughs> Wow. I have a nice Uh, frame now. Yeah, it's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, that's really nice. But, uh, something like that as
0: well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: that was, that was a, but I knew then that you had potential and you were going somewhere. And, you. you know, we figured it all out. And, Maybe you can tell me a little bit about how you followed uh, what sounds like your passion to become self-employed and mm-hmm. entrepreneurial and you have, you have programming that's specific to you and mm-hmm. tell me about
0: it. Yeah. Um, so let's see. <clears throat> Sorry, let me think about this for a second
1: yeah yeah no problem no problem what uh Mm -hmm. was there some sort of transition from school it was just
0: yeah I mean I was I was training people and the more I I was training people the more I was really getting into it like prior to be be training like growing up playing sports I knew how to work out like for myself and I understood it and my buddy just showed me like the ropes as like why why like the exercise, behind like the exercise science behind it. Like, why are we doing what we're doing? I knew, I knew how, but I didn't know why we were doing it. And that's when he got me certified through NASM and I went through there. But like I said, I was still like on that accounting Wall Street track for a little bit until I started really working with clients that are in that industry and getting more of like a hands-on approach and like a, a real life lesson that you know, the grass definitely isn't greener on the other side. There's, you know, very long, stressful nights. And there's there's just, you know, there's a lot of money in that field, but it's a big trade-off as well, too. There are a lot of, there are a lot of factors and variables that I was like, ah, well, maybe that commute to New York City and the long hours and the high-stress job. Like, maybe, you know, working or sitting in an office for 10, 12, 14 hours a day, that's not really my style, like I like being up, I like moving around. And I just, every year I just kind of just got more and more in personal training. And then while I was doing that, I started off at the Edge and Shelton. Uh, That was like, that was my first job at the Edge and Shelton. And then from there I transferred over to Equinox in Greenwich. And that was really my first time being exposed to, you know, people with money. Um, So I learned like how to, how to talk and how to dress and how to act appropriately. and you know, really, really be professional and that kind of really elevated my game big time. Um, then I went over to the Edge in Norwalk and really from there, I, I, I kind of knew even when I started working at the Edge in Shell and I, I always knew I, I was more of an entrepreneur. Like I'm a better employer as opposed to an employee I like working for myself more just because i like making my own rules i don't have anything against like management or authority i just like making my own rules and uh making my own hours and uh you know the idea that the the harder you work the more money you can make and i remember when i was at one of the gyms one gym was micromanaged and one gym was macromanaged um a couple times it was just like there's things I didn't really agree with as far as like some gyms were more focused on money as opposed to like providing value. So like all our meetings were about hitting numbers and it wasn't really about exercise or anything. And then another gym was just more like very on top of you with your programs and this and that, which is fine too. But I just, I don't know. I'm just, I just kind of like doing my own thing. I'm comfortable where I am. Um, and that's really when I knew that I wanted to, get out of there. Like I was saying, at at one point in my career, I remember, you know, as as you know, personal trainers, we work long hours, but you don't necessarily get paid for those hours, especially when you're starting off. So if you have like a, you know, you get a a 6am client, you're going to work the busy hours, you're gonna do 6am, 7am, 8am, and then you'll come back for like a 5pm, 6pm, 7pm. So I remember doing those like feeling I was working 12 hours a day, like being at on, on the schedule for 12 hours a day, but only getting paid for like three or four hours of that, yeah. handing out towels and trying yeah. to get people to train with me. I was like, this This isn't my style, man. I remember I, I came home at the end of the year. At the end of the year, my taxes, I I, would, I had $22,000 income and I felt like I was working you know, 50, 60 hours a week. <laughs> and my, my stepbrother, who's on welfare, is making twenty five thousand. <laughs> I was like, this, this isn't right, man. Like, I can literally just not work and make more money. And I was just like, I just knew that I wanted to be on my own and make my own money and make my own rules. And 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 I remember one of one of the, the times that you are saying is that when you were working for a company, when you're a personal trainer, you just felt like you can do it better. Um, you just felt like you just had the experience to, to make that business better and they didn't listen to you. And that happened a couple with me a couple of times. So I was like, I can just, I can do this on my own. You know, the, the big guys, the big gyms, you know, they have the marketing and all that, which helps. But once you're established and successful, you can, you can do it on your own.
1: Yeah. And I'm so, I'm, I'm impressed that you remembered those stories. Uh, yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I started personal training in 2009 and I, I started with a company and, um, It was a it was a small personal training centric gym, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I had some business sense even early on, and I could see holes. and I'm just suggesting, like, hey, you know, have you thought about maybe this? Just very tactfully trying to help the owner. Yeah, I was making ten dollars an hour. Yeah, (laughs) and uh, long story short. I personally think one of the biggest hindrances of not only gym owners, but owners of companies is ego. Yeah. You know, I encourage ideas from everybody. Mm -hmm. I don't claim to know everything because I don't. Do I know some shit? Yeah, I know some shit. And I give everyone free lessons. Mm -hmm. I don't even charge anyone for, I want to help you. Mm -hmm. But the point is I don't know everything and if you surround yourself with good people and they help with ideas and teach things that I might not know or others might not know, the company can grow faster, which Mm -hmm. is better for the customers, which is better for the company, which is better for everyone to include the owner. But, yeah, yeah, I have uh, I found myself in several situations talking to the owners that I worked for, like, hey, guys, listen, I'm, I'm majoring in business now or, you know, I'm, I'm studying nutrition now. Can I, can I help? No, Chris. Go go do your job. Okay. No problem. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and long story short, it really helped me personally have a good vision of how to run a team and a staff and a gym. Mm-hmm. If I was that, about to
0: say those his experience there yeah. <laughs> help you become a better leader when when you're in that role? Yeah, and and yeah. and
1: I'm, by no means do I think I'm perfect. By no means at all. I know I have plenty of improvement, and uh, but it, it definitely helped a yeah. lot, a lot, um, a lot. So tell me about tell me about your gym specifically. What happened? When did you
0: open? Okay. How hard was it? <laughs> so there's been like small steps, but after I left the edge, I went on. At, at that time, I was really big into CrossFit, and so I went into a CrossFit gym, so I can use the gym for free, use the equipment, basically train for. I was I was at, I was working out at CrossFit Milford and training for regionals and hopefully going to the CrossFit. I games. remember that, yeah. So I, I was really big into that. That was actually that was actually my number one priority before building my business. So I was still personal training, um, but now I was doing it as an independent contractor. So I was in the CrossFit gym teaching classes, and then the owner there would just kind of let me use the back space, rent space there as an independent contractor, and then, you know, just go from there. So I was able to build my business a little bit and also compete in in CrossFit. So I was able to make my own hours, which really like the CrossFit competition hours required, I don't know, probably about three to four hours a day, a couple hours in the morning. What the guys did was they did two hours in the morning and two hours a night, and I just, I couldn't go back and forth. So I just did one session of about three to three and a half hours. Um, And then they switched over their business model. And at that time I was kind of ready to just go off on my own as well too. So in that gym, when I was an independent contractor, really all I can do is one-on-one personal training. Just awesome. I love it. That's my number one passion, but as far as the business, it's hard to scale, right? I can't like hire, I couldn't hire any employees because I was still working for the gym. I couldn't really do any group classes because they were doing group classes. It would be a conflict of interest. So they were switching over to their gym model and they wanted to make me an employee and instead of an independent contractor. And at that point, my schedule was fully booked. So at that time, I found a space where I am now, where I'd be able to take my clients over there. And grow my business by hiring employees, and also by offering group training. So instead of doing one, you know, one on one, doing one on four, one on six, one on twelve, able to get more people into the gym. Yeah,
1: what's that programming called?
0: Sculpt. Yeah, Uh, it's just kind of like something that I pulled together. I've been doing it for quite some time, and I came up with the word sculpt because it just kind of just sounds sexier than studio 360 group training, yeah. you know, it's just kind of like a word that I can market and advertise. And it was just my approach of like a larger group fitness, like one on 12, um, just circuit training, interval training, yeah, like team training. Yeah. 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 Nothing really super new or anything, but just a fun environment where you can just, you know, blast music and just kind of let loose and have an awesome time. Yeah, dude, I, I see your content
1: all the time. Yeah. It's it's, it's motivating. And it's everyone's hard. working hard. Yeah. You can tell yeah. when like shitty personal trainers are like setting up their clients to like yeah. do this. You know? yeah. yeah. you're like everyone's enjoying it and yeah. it, it looks good and everyone's working and they're sweating and they're hopefully progressing. And yeah. Uh, yeah. It's definitely it's definitely good to to see someone implementing programming with passion. Mm-hmm. And um, you, yeah. And you mentioned that you have employees.
0: I have one right now. Good. Actually two. Good? Two employees, yeah. yeah. So I would say pretty much I am a solopreneur. Yeah. Still. I'm really the only person in my gym. Yep. So when I'm not there, the gym's closed. Right. Um but I do have two people that work for me to okay. do like in home training and, you know, personal training, clients and stuff like that. So right. I have been able to build the business. Yeah. And that facility that I have now has allowed me to to grow my business, and actually from that seminar that we connected at, mm-hmm. I'm able to really implement a lot of ideas so I'm super super excited about that
1: good so what's 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 to come?
0: I am looking for a bigger space I'm at nine hundred square feet so I've been at the um, my current location for about two and a half years now. still got some time left to go, really implementing a lot of the stuff that Tom Plummer has taught us and getting that solidified before I move into a big, bigger space. But I had been in the market for looking for, for a bigger space. And I, I really can't grow my business to where I want it to be unless I have that bigger space. It's just kind of inevitable. Yeah. You know, with a small space, it's, it's, it's fine, you know, if you're one person, but I can't do multiple offerings. I can only do one thing at a time. Um, so I am looking in like Westport area, ideally a couple thousand square feet would be awesome. And from there, it would be, you know, the whole personal training, small group training, team training, open gym access, you know, I really love that, that concept. I think it's unique. I think that it's a, it's a great business model. And an awesome separator from like the Orange Theory Fitnesses and all the F 45s and like the Globo Gyms. And, you know, it's a good it's a good offering. So. No one makes me bleed my own <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> Yeah, Globo Gyms. Yeah. The, the average Joe's in there. If you own a oh. gym,
1: you could probably recite every line from that movie.
0: Oh, yeah. I was able to <laughs> recite every line from that movie long before. Marion, do you know what movie we're talking movies. about? Oh, Oh,
1: excuse me. Okay. (laughs) I love that movie. Uh, I love that movie. Yeah, it's an excellent movie. So, Matt, I'm going to ask you a question that's kind of deep. And, you know, I I want you to be able to explain something that's important to you in the sense that if you were going to offer a piece of advice to maybe someone who's dreaming – that wants to open a business, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe wants to open a, a personal training studio, is a personal trainer, is thinking about going out on their own. Um, it doesn't even have to be fitness related, but mm-hmm. someone that has that spark, mm-hmm. you know, that has that idea and isn't a pussy and mm-hmm. will go get it, you know, um, which is rare. You know, it's it's yeah. rare. Nowadays, yeah. It's it's hard fucking work. Yeah. And you got to put everything on the line. Yeah, you do. A lot. Very often you got to put your shit on the line. You do. And it's scary. But uh, the point is, if you could offer one piece of advice to an up-and-comer, maybe someone graduating high school or failed out of college and and really wants to make an impact and really wants to do their own thing like we did, Mm -hmm. what would you tell that person?
0: the first word that came to mind is passion. You have to be passionate about what you do, whether it's fitness or any any business that you're in. I remember hearing a quote like, if if you love what you do, Mm -hmm. you'll never work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily agree with that. Mm. Um, I mean, I love what I do, but some days they feel like work. It's a grind, it's a hustle. But at the end of the day, I love what I do, and I can't imagine doing anything else. And that's why—that's how I know I'm in the in the right field. Right. That's how I know I made the right career choice. Right. Um, so you have to have passion, and I think the a big thing for people to understand is that I don't know if you read the, the book The E Myth.
1: You know what? the The second you're, you're the second person in a row that's yeah. referencing
0: this book. I need to fucking read it. I'm writing yeah. it down. Yeah, the E Myth want say it's Tom Gerber had had uh wrote that book
1: yeah our buddy uh, Mina Egyptian prescription from the last episode was mm-hmm. referencing that book
0: yeah 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 so there's the so what people mostly are is a technician. I don't know the the last person that talked about that yeah. the technician is the person that does the the hand the the day to day the dirty work you know the stuff that needs to get done. So I'll just use it as a, as a fitness industry. The technician is a, you know the personal trainer that shows up, trains the client, does the programming, does all that, which is, which is awesome. That's the foundation of the business. But as soon as you decide to open up a gym, it's even more important to learn about marketing and, and sales and communication and finance and, and that. So
1: you're saying educate yourself.
0: Yeah, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm business. Yeah. Like, you should have all the skills you should you should feel like you're the best in the world at what you do. Like, you should feel like you're the best personal trainer in the world. Mm-hmm. That, that that should be given. I fucking love you. But your as, so, as soon I as you open up a gym, right yeah, then it, it's not just about personal training. It's no. about then you have marketing, you have it, to get people in. If you have employees, you have to learn how to communicate with people, you have to learn how to motivate them. Um, people are going to leave. People are going to come, you know, shit's going to happen. You really got to, you got to be strong. You can't choke. You can't choke to anybody. No, 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 no. you have to, <laughs> no, you, you I don't understand this. You can't do that. <laughs> you, you have to kind of leave your ego at the door and just really, uh, yep. you have, you have to grind it. You have like, especially for the first couple years as well. You have to really just put in the work, um, But like I said, like the foundation, like the the hand, like the day-to-day duties of of personal training, being a technician, I think where a lot of people go wrong and even if talks about it, like in the first five years of business is that people are really good at what they do, but they don't understand that all the other stuff that goes with it, like business. If you open up a business, your job is to be profitable, Make money, and that's that's why you have a business. Yeah. And when you open up your business, you know you're in charge of your your health insurance. You're in charge of your liability. You know you don't you don't get sick days. You don't get holidays. You don't get bonuses. You don't get. You don't get, get benefits. sick days. No, you don't get any of that. Wait, can you explain that? <laughs> You, you don't get any of that. You just kind of just got to suck it up and, and, and go with it.
1: I'm like loaded on Sudafed right now. Like yeah. I'm, I'm sick as a dog. Like I have a respiratory infection. Mm-hmm. I've been fucking snotting out chunks of snot mm-hmm. and nosebleeds and I can't sleep. And I'm like, there's boogers coming down my fucking pillow waking me up. Yeah. But guess what? I'm here. Yeah. Every fucking day. Yeah. Did you know I was sick, Marion? No. No. i just fucking get it done. Yeah. Right? You got to get it done. Right? I had to call in payroll like three years ago because no one else could do it. Yeah. With like 103 fever and the flu. I fucking told the whole staff. I'm like, it was like the first time I ever didn't come in. I'm like, I'm coming in. Get away from me! Don't be around me because I don't want to get you sick. Yeah, and called it in, banged out payroll, and left you. And and I I just want to piggyback off this. You mm-hmm. have to be a tough motherfucker to own a business. Yeah, you do. The, you the, you it is nothing you do can be reciprocated unless you have systems and policies in place, mm-hmm. and, and and it's strong. Yeah, because uh, people will take advantage. People take 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 advantage of it, but. It, it, you can't call out. It doesn't work like that. No. You don't call out. It doesn't fucking work like that. No. And sometimes I wake up with the most immense migraines from my brain bouncing off my skull because you know the individuals that I was fighting in Iraq found out there was no armor under the trucks. So they put the bombs in the road right? to yeah. blow us up from underneath. So those were called Damn. IEDs improvised explosive devices and my brain bounced off my skull so many fucking times. And we're not talking about growing up playing football and lacrosse. Yeah. Okay. And the concussions from that. Right. We're talking about war and I wake up and I'm debilitated. Like I literally struggle to move. Wow. But guess what? I show the fuck up. Yeah. I might show up late, but I'm here, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's excellent advice. There's no sick days. Yeah. So if you have a, if you have a vagina, then there's sand in it, right. And you're hurt easily.
0: Don't go open a business. Yeah. Get tougher. And be prepared to work long hours too. Yeah. And, and there, there's nothing wrong with, I'm, I'm just, I, I'll just say personal training because that's, that's the field that I know. There's, there's nothing wrong with being an awesome personal trainer and, and working for a company, like I know, 100%. I know several, several yeah. trainers that are awesome trainers, but they don't, they don't aspire to open up their own gym. Like that, that doesn't necessarily have to be the next step. You can have a full schedule. You know, I know there's trainers that work from six a.m. to two p.m. They're they're fully booked. You know, they're not making million dollars a year. Or, you know, whatever, but you know, they're 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 fine. They get their benefits, health care. You know, they, um, babysitting they get holidays, you know, sick pay, pays, you know, all that kind of stuff and and they're happy. You know, and yeah. I just really like so there, there there is an option if you're a really good personal trainer, there's nothing wrong with working at a big box gym and and and, and just doing your thing and and training people. Because if you work for a big box gym, then all you really do is just you have to focus on personal training, the, the number one passion, the thing that you love to do. And Matt's
1: using a personal trainer as an example. I just want to back it up into the, into the, um, the macro for a moment. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with being a fucking super valuable, super awesome, yeah. super fucking go-getting employee. It is, it, it's very far and few between, first off. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if you're that person, you will be paid well, no matter what you do. Yeah. No matter what you do, because you'll eventually run into an owner that not only appreciates you, but gives you the amount of money that you're worth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and we're not talking about money here, but it's a it's an excellent point. You don't have to be a business owner. You no. could be a super fucking awesome member of the team, and be. Perfectly content with that yeah, it, it I don't look down upon employees I don't think business owners are better than employees. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying you just have to be a tough fuck Yeah, you just got to be a tough fucker. Yeah, and uh, and straight up. That's just that's just how it is There's no ifs ands, or buts. Yeah, you're gonna get run through the ringer either way as an employee. There's less stress yeah. there's more structure. And yeah, some people do better with that and that's yeah. okay. That's really okay Yeah, I mean fuck it some CEOs some CEOs of high-end companies, mm-hmm. their employees, yeah. they make millions of dollars a year, plus million-dollar bonuses, mm-hmm. and that's cool. Good for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to. I just wanted to piggyback off that, and you know, I, and and thank you for clarifying. that. Yeah,
0: yeah. If that's you, that's good advice. If you do go to route of opening a. A business, it is good. You don't you don't need a concrete end goal, but you should have a really good idea of what the end goal is. Yeah. Because, you know, kind of what happened with me for a while is I had this end goal, but it wasn't really concrete. And I was like, I'm just going to open up my own gym because I just don't really like being around other trainers. Not that I don't dislike them. I just like having my own space. Yeah. I like the value of my clients having their own space, lifting to their own music. Yeah. I believe that personal training should be private, so I don't want to share space and, and equipment yeah. with other people. Well, they're
1: paying a, a high dollar amount to be personal sure. trained. they Absolutely. should be treated well.
0: Yeah, um, so there, there should be an end goal. I mean, one of the benefits of having your own business is that you eventually one day want to sell or pass it on, and then you can enjoy the retirement. So, mm-hmm. like, you don't want to get in the you don't want to get caught in the trap of like, Hey, I have my own business, but I'm still doing all the day to day stuff that I was doing at a gym. And now all of a sudden I just have a glorified job. You know, I don't really, I don't really have a business. It's just, I just have a job with a lot more stress, making a little bit more money, but I have a ton more stress. So having systems in place um, and delegating responsibilities off to employees and other people so that way you can grow is, you know, and then finally see your way out which you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s and, and enjoy retirement as opposed to be a slave of your job, your yeah, business. 100%, 100%. You know, so don't don't open up a business to just create a job for yourself. You know, don't, create don't a buy, job for don't other people. Don't buy a job, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you're just gonna have a glorified job <laughs> and you're just gonna be super stressed out where yeah. you can be working a lot less hours, a lot less yeah. stressed out for, yeah. for somebody else. Yeah. You know, so there should be an end goal an exit plan an idea that really should you know get you out of the business i like think the end, end goal for you is to get out of the business yeah. i have my ten year plan do you i do now yeah you do <laughs> yeah. i mean seeing what you have here really like honestly dude just fired me up man yeah fuck it really yeah. does I,
1: dude, your energy that that you brought to the show is phenomenal and and, and you trained all day didn't you
0: yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I woke up at I woke up at three thirty. were up at three thirty. Yeah, I was up at four thirty. Nice. Yeah, but you were working
1: at what time? Five. You were, see, you were working at five. I don't quote work until about seven. Okay. Yeah. I, my first couple hours are all focused on me. Mm-hmm. And as selfish as that might sound, it's the most unselfish thing you can do. Yeah. Is fill up the glass. Yeah. So you can pour from it every day. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, man, I've been up all day too. You've been up all day, but this is what we do. Yeah, we help people. We help our team, we help our customers, we help our clients. And,
0: um, and, and the, of, yeah. P- a little piggybacking off that from you know, something that I just thought about while you're saying that. The, the second thing you know, the first thing would be having passion and mm-hmm. deciding whether you want to be an employee or, or right. an entrepreneur. Um, the second thing is that what are they going to say? Um,
1: like a strong point to have if you're going to do it.
0: Yes. Self care. Oh, totally. Like learning to take care of yourself. Totally. And especially if you're the only person in the business or you have a few employees or whatever it is, I know we were talking before this, but if you're in a bad mood or you have shit going on in your life, that that's going to directly affect your business. So if you're in a bad place, your business is going to be in a bad place. If you're in a good place, your business is going to be a good place. So
1: perfect example. I shouldn't have done this, but I opened up my cell phone uh, just before we started recording this episode. And at any given time, I probably have 20 to 30 different people texting me uh, when it comes to um, things that are needed. And I took a phone call that I did not like, right? But if I let that phone call affect me, for longer than, I don't know, what was it, about a minute and a half? Right? Yeah. I could have fucked this whole project up. Yeah. And that was an excellent point. Yeah. On that note, where can they find you on socials?
0: At Matthew Costine, C-O-S-T-E-I-N-E-S. Is that on Instagram? Instagram, All right, yeah. So say it again. Matthew Costine, C-O-S-T-E-I-N-E-S. Yo, guys, follow one, Matt. I'm sorry. Word. Yeah.
1: Uh, follow Matt. Say it one more time. Matthew Costine C O S T E I N E S. Or you could find him on my page. Are there any other socials that you want uh, followings on? That's that's my main one. Cool, uh, guys, definitely follow him. He's a fucking go-getter. He brings serious energy. I know he takes good care of his clients. I know he's a smart fuck. Yeah. I appreciate your time. Um, thank you for being here. You know, not only that, but thank you for listening thank you for all of the shares we've been picking up a lot of momentum I'm getting a lot of texts about the content I'm getting a lot of feedback from the content on the show I appreciate your support guys it's been really hard to not have my co-host here uh, but you know he's watching over us he's taking care of us I still talk to Steve he's doing great um, thank you for for riding it out with us and, and I'm, I'm really grateful for each and every one of you Please, for the love of goodness, subscribe. Please put a review up on iTunes. Please share this episode with someone if you think it will help them. Please help us. We ask for nothing in return rather than a little bit of help here. All right, guys. So on that note, thank you for your time. And my closing words are... Before you say anything to anybody, try to think about how your words will affect them.